Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what's going on everybody? It's your boys Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez. As always, welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. Keith, brother, what's going on, man? Man, I'm I'm usually in a good mood, you know that, right? But I'm in an extremely good mood this time around because it's 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 the start of college football, baby. We finally got the first couple practices under our belt. Um and, and you know it's our time of year. It's, it's our time, it's our time to shine. So I'm excited about this moving forward. And you know, Damien, I was sitting back right watching and you know, kind of getting a feel for everything. And I thought of last season, right? Mm-hmm. We had some really good football teams and then we had the off season and it kind of created some controversy with some of these teams. So I said, how about we do this, right? Let's buy or sell. And, and this is between us, right? Let's, let's, let's choose teams and buy or sell if we're going to um, put them in a conference championship in the next two years. So mm-hmm. the status of these programs, we're going to project them moving forward because all of them had some type of controversy, whether that's um, coaching hires, whether that's players transferring, whether that's um, them just being in the news or them not being traditional powers. So I think it'll be an interesting conversation, especially for our fans, just to kind of give it a two-year outlook because that's usually what it takes, right, to kind of determine, um, you know, where a program stands. So I was like, you know what, let's do something fun, Damien. Let's, let's kick it off right this time around. So let's do a little buy or sell. And um, let's start with Michigan State. Let's start okay. with Michigan State. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna kick it to you. I want to see what you have to say about the uh, the Spartans up there. The Spartans were basically kind of a not even kind of they were a surprise team this year, right? You know, you have yep. Peyton Thorne at quarterback, who's not a world beater. Uh, he's solid. He's serviceable. He can get the job done. But it was the star, the, the 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 unforeseen star at running back, Kenneth Walker, that really led that team. Uh, defensively, they were solid. They weren't, uh, you know, a, a stout defense, especially being in the Big Ten where you have some either you have powerhouse uh, or, or powerful type of uh, offensive philosophies like Wisconsin and Iowa, who they're not going to throw the ball 40 times, but they're going to run the ball 40 times with the 220, 2015, 220 pound running back, or in Wisconsin's case, 245 pound running back, uh, <laughs> the guy dot in the eye. So yeah. watching them kind of not just take kind of take college football by storm in a way you know Kenneth Walker for most of the season was a Heisman candidate right yeah they, as a running back. they beat Michigan you know they, yep. they beat Michigan man and that was the thing for me watching that game and just watching how influential Walker was and everybody thought he was a one-year wonder you go back to, to Wake Forest no you see the same exact traits this kid's the real deal and Mel Tucker, man, just showcased why he deserved his extension, why he deserved to be paid as a head coach, leading these young kids, getting them to, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, the same way I know, the coach's job is not just to go on the whiteboard and scheme things up, it's to galvanize and lead his team. Have those guys confident and believing in themselves that they can go out there and play with the best of the best of the best. And they showcased that for the most part this season. I believe it was the... They lost to Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. I think that yeah, was the game. One, that one got pretty bad pretty quick. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and Ohio State came in with the mindset, like, hey, we got one man to stop. Like, we got to stop yeah. Kenneth Walker, the third. If we can stop him, put the ball in Peyton Thorne's hands, 
and they were good because we know that we can score on their defense. But they were a surprise team. They were a lot of fun to watch. Mel Tucker, great coach. And in this in this two year, the next two years, man, one of the that's Peyton Thorne to me is kind of the thing. You know, the, the quarterback position. You know the same way I know. At the end of the day, quarterback is important. So if you don't really, unless you have it's different. You think about the the old kind of the I would say the early two thousand um not Ravens early two thousand uh Bama teams where they had yeah. Greg McElroy and you know, but they had elite offensive line play, elite running back play, great receivers, top tier defense. It's like, hey, just be a game manager. You don't have to do everything. Right, Michigan right, right. State doesn't have that, right? So they need a quarterback that can make plays and create. Can the Walker's gone? It's going to be interesting to see how spring practices kind of roll, how we roll through spring practices and head into the actual uh, spring game for Michigan State, Keith, uh, Keith, to see where they are in the quarterback room and the running back room. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you just said. And when I, um, I guess when I analyze the Michigan State program and, you know, for to put it in context, like we said, in two years, will they have opportunity to be in a conference championship game? Um, and I said yes. And that's because I think they're building it the right way. Like you, you, you went straight to the Michigan game, right? And Michigan is known in traditionally, right? Traditionally in the Big Ten, they're known for being a pretty tough team. And Michigan State took it to them this year. And it wasn't, um, you know, key plays. It wasn't um, masterful mind drawing up football plays. It was just punching them in the mouth every play. And so I know next year that Michigan State is not going to be afraid of them again. You know, they're going to come in there and they're going to take it to them again. So um, I think they're going to battle with Michigan. And then now the situation is, okay, can you beat Ohio State? Can you find a way to beat Ohio State? And I thought of Ohio State as a program. And traditionally – They'll lose one game. It's one game that they'll slip up on every single year, right? They'll lose to a team that they aren't supposed to lose to. And so I'm like, can Michigan State be that team? And I and I think they can. I think they can because, like I say, recruiting-wise, I think they'll just continue to get better. They brought in a pass run specialist, um, BT Jordan, who has a, a bevy of NFL guys that he's trained. So you know that this guy is um, he's very experienced and he knows exactly what he's doing. So I think he'll get Michigan State better up front in the trenches. And that's a that's a big part of this. And then also, you know, I, I thought about you, man, when I was going through this, because I know you always talk about one thing, right? You was like, man, what if a Big Ten program got one of those quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I thought about Mel Tucker. And I'm like, is there any Big Ten coach that I would trust outside of Mel Tucker to bring in one of those top tier quarterbacks and in the land of the transfer portal and everybody transferring, I can very well see Mel Tucker coming there and, you know, kind of get a kid from one of these top programs. So now you have one of those top quarterbacks at Michigan state and you have that tough gritty mentality. And I think all of it combined together. um, Like I said, I'm buying this. I'm buying that they can end up in a conference championship game in two years. I like it. I like it a lot. And, and, and for me, it's I'm looking at their their 2022 recruiting class, right? Um, okay. Via you know one you know one dot com who does a lot of the college rankings and everything for teams and recruiting classes. Right now they're ranked uh, 25th. Uh, you know they have uh, six four stars coming in, 17 three star recruits coming in. And like I said, that you make a great point. Thinking about Mel Tucker as a coach. And, and the leader he is, the man that he is, if one of these big, 
name, just dual threat, athletic, whatever, physically gifted kids, four or five star, hits the, hits the transfer portal. It's like, okay, I'm looking at a team, and, and Mel Tucker comes calling. You're going to give him that. You're going to give him the room. The, you go, hey, come on to the crib. Let's talk. Let's have a discussion he, because he's, he's one of those. That. Yeah, he's one of those coaches that have that cachet to, like you said, when they call, everybody's going to answer the phone. And he he has that amongst college football, period. So, no, I agree with your point. It, it, like I said, it, it, that that was that wasn't even something I even thought about. You know, I was like, man, you ain't great. <laughs> I thought that would have been, been right up your alley. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Like I was, because you know me, I'm always looking like, man, you know, we get some of these big time QBs in some of these uh, some of these other conferences, man. I'll be big, but you know, that's the main thing is I want to see where the I, I look at it. Like I said, 25th in recruiting right now, but I can't. I, I want to see how it how it evolves and how they develop. Uh, in terms of recruiting going down, going, you know, down the line, uh, because that's going to be one of the biggest parts is working the transfer portal, technically free agency for, for college football, and then bringing in those recruits, man, to continue to build this team up, to not just punch Michigan in the mouth, your, your, your in-state rival, but then go over to the big, to, 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 to the big team, right? Ohio state yeah. and start swinging, you know, back and forth, giving haymakers to them to where they know, Hey, it's not sweet walking into this game no more, man. It's yeah, not sweet. Yeah, no, you know sure. what I mean? So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm going to say, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Let's see. I believe in Melton. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to okay, say, right. say bye. I'm going to say bye all here. Right, or bye. as this is our uh, the college football podcast, you know, you, we, we can say commit, decommit, whatever. But I, I'm going to say I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trusting Mel Tucker, man, because I really like him as a coach. And and Mel, we trust. And Mel, we trust. And Mel, we trust, baby. Uh, <laughs> so, right, next so let's – uh, Yeah, go ahead. You, I was going to say, let's take it to, I had another team in mind, right? Uh-huh. Um, this one had a little bit more controversy um, over the offseason, some stuff surrounding the head coach and everything that um, I guess we'll talk about and get too much into the details. But um, I think it's worth noting because they're always a SEC West, um, you know, they're formidable out there. And that's the Auburn Tigers. And I wanted to see how you felt about them because they're in a pretty tough division, right? Like you always have Alabama, Texas A&M is on a rise. And you always have LSU and, you know, they're in a rebuilding type situation. But, I'm, you know, last year that was a close game. And then I saw I'm expecting it to be close regardless. So I want to see what do you think about those Auburn Tigers? Man, Auburn, like that that's a team. They they right now, you know, you know, they're ranking 18th um, in terms of recruiting right now. Uh, eight, uh, four star, three, uh, 10 three star recruits coming in. And they have one of the best running backs in college football, Tank Bigsby. Unfortunately, he's not going to be there for the second, for the next year. He's going to, you know, this most likely will be his last year. He's going to go to the NFL and, and yeah. everything like that, which we've talked about, um, you know, at the beginning of this podcast uh, when we kicked it off. But looking at what they have now, they have a talented group, especially offensively, right? And, you know, right now they're kind of going through, trying to figure out who's QB1. They lost uh, – um, Bo Nix to Oregon. So, you know, they, you know, looking at their quarterbacks right now, it's uh, from look, reading the reports from practice, 
the, their first spring practice, it was TJ Findley, the big, you uh, kind of big body, big frame, big arm kid who has mobility. He was taking the first uh, first team reps with Tanks Bigby in the backfield, and you had Demarius Davis, uh, Demar- Demetrius Davis, sorry, um, taking second reps, and then they have an Oregon transfer, Robbie Ashford, who was behind um, behind those guys as well. So they have some some depth there. They lost Zach Calzada. I'm just looking forward to seeing, and then and then they lost as well some some key pieces defensively losing Roger McCreary smoke Monday uh, I'm looking forward to see how they kind of replenish that right especially on defense because to tell you to tell you the truth Keith and you know firsthand they've never been known consistently as a great offensive program right you, you right. had the Cam Newton year um, you had the Nick Marshall uh, year as well where he you know kind of you know he took took the SEC by storm as well with that read option the RPO game and his athleticism but they, for the most part, they've really been more of a defensive program. So if they yeah. can continue to to build with that, and I'm gonna let you kind of talk about the head coach situation, and then I give my give my vote on do I how I view them and do I believe? Am I gonna say yes? You know, am I gonna commit to them in the next two years? But offensively, I think they have some pieces. To me, it's defensively, and then I'm I'm kind of weary of the coach of the coaching situation rather. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm going to start with the coaching situation and not even just the details of it, right, because that kind of is what it is, but more so what does that do for um, providing stability within the program? You know, and, and, and just like we hear it, um, players have cell phones, so they have Twitter, they have Instagram, they have, you know, whatever, TikTok, so they see it everywhere, right? So when, when a player, when a coach, I'm sorry, walks into the locker room, they know all of your business, right? So it's, it's hard um to hold a team to a certain standard as the head coach when you haven't necessarily been living up to that standard too that's extremely difficult right some people will call that hypocritical in a sense so for the auburn program i'm not sure how the head coach is going to be able to really galvanize that locker room again and look you're in, you're in a tough tough conference you're in a tough division so there are going to be peaks and valleys right but how do you stabilize that program how if you you know if your team loses by 15 20 points what do you tell them as a man from an integrity standpoint to get them to come back to practice the next week and then you know fight just as hard so man it's it's really tough and then another thing i would say is when you talked about traditionally what auburn was they have brian harson now who's you know, he comes from Boise State. He's that kind of spread, wide open, throw the ball, you know, around the field, which is okay. But I think last year you seen that they didn't necessarily have the personnel for that, right? Like we talked about Tank Bigsby. We talked about them having an offensive line, running backs. And traditionally, they usually don't have dynamic receivers also. So it's like, who are we throwing the football to, right? You're taking the football out of your best player hands and Tank, Tank Bigsby, and you're throwing it to receivers who are not – I would say not elite for SEC, you know, talent. They may have one or two every year, but that's about it. Um, guys that you feel like, okay, this guy can play at a high level. So, man, I'm, I'm. It's more so the. It seems as though it's a mismatch right now as far as offensive philosophy and just what's on the roster. And then, like I said, man, just the the head coach being able to galvanize those guys is is. It seems like it's gonna be a pretty tough battle so if you tell me with all of those things combined especially with them being in the sec west also i have to sell this man i have to sell this i I don't foresee them being in the sec championship within the next two years just because of the things that i listed um just previously 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm out too, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I, <laughs> look, look how damn you threw that in there. Like, yeah, man, I'm out of there. <laughs> I'm out of there, man. You know what I mean? Let's go ahead. Uh, you know, we're going. I've already got the for sale sign set up. Like, we're putting that in the front yard. This house is for sale. Uh, I am not buying uh, Auburn in in the SEC championship. First, like I said, first of all, tough conference, tough division. Is all that's already a given. You know, that's a that, that's a that's a legit a war zone. You know what I mean? Having to play the, the teams that they face, Bama, LSU, you know, and, and like I said, I do like, you know, the potential with TJ Finley and see what he can do, you know, LSU transfer, um, mm-hmm. you know, big six, seven, 250 pound, big arm kid. Like, you know, you don't football. really see too many guys built like him, you know, and, um, and, and having Tinks Bigsby in the backfield will definitely help this year. And then they got, you know, don't get me wrong. They have another running back. You know, you know me, I'm always on top of the running backs, man. It's just what I do. Uh, you know, it's just what I do, baby. Uh, but, you know, they have another running back as well. They have a couple actually. So they, I think the run from the running game standpoint, they're going to be solid and, and, and they're going to still go, still going to be a good running team. Uh, Jarquez Hunter, um, who's the backup to Tank Tank Bigsby, but it's like I said, the, the head coach situation and just trying to. The main thing is get the talent to truly not just compete and keep those LSU Bama games and Florida games and wh- whatever games competitive to like halftime, and then like you know everything goes down the you know down the drain after the half, but keeping it competitive all four quarters. Close out in those 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 close games like they could have closed out on Bama, but they let you know Bama got back in. Bryce Young was clutch. He's a Heisman. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm selling. Uh, I wish that I could buy because I do like some <laughs> of the pieces, man. But man, that that for sale sign is sitting pretty right in the front yard. Somebody else can buy that house, man. Because uh, I am out. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. The real estate market is uh is booming right now, anyway. So you should have somebody exactly. Uh, it's too many. It's too many it. other things yeah. out there. Too many other properties. <laughs> they have a lot more to offer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So look, next next I want to I want to stay in the SEC. I'm gonna stay in the uh-huh. SEC, but we're gonna take it a little bit further south. We're gonna go to Gainesville, um, to the University of Florida. Um, they just hired in the offseason. They hired head coach Billy Napier, who was at University of Louisiana Lafayette. So I was extremely close to him, 45 minutes away, seeing this guy operate in person. And, um, you know, he's taken over a Florida program. He brought ULL to really good prominence. I, I believe they beat a Power 5 school year before last, so the 2020 season. And then this past season, I want to say they finished in the top 25 too. So the guy showed that he can turn around programs. So I thought that this was an interesting hire, just Billy Napier, Overall, this is a guy that was part of the Alabama coaching staff. And then I believe he left, went to Arizona State, um, served, served as a co-offensive coordinator, I believe, wide receiver coach. And then he made his way to ULL. And then, like I said, man, he, he took that program and, and it was pretty cool because most of Alabama's assistant coaches, they usually go straight from Alabama to taking a head coaching position. Right. And that, and they may hinder you sometimes. Um, just being in a structured program like Alabama, but he was able to go to Arizona State, kind of take what he learned from Alabama and then evolve as a coach at Arizona State um, and then come to ULL and, and, and become the head coach. And I think he did a, a really good job in all aspects at ULL. Now, him going to Florida, um, I expect 
some of the same. Honestly, I think it's, it's a top-tier program. They're traditionally a very good program. They usually can get really good athletes. They're in a, a top state. Florida is always top three as far as how many blue-chip high school prospects they can put out. So, man, I expect him to recruit really well. I looked at the staff that he hired, and he did a really good job of mixing um, Southeast coaches along with coaches that specialize in recruiting in Florida. So I think that's a key component. And man, I'm 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 just really I'm buying into what he can possibly do over there. Now we know they have the national champions in their division, right? They have Georgia Bulldogs, who, man, we we've been watching their front seven. And that's what Kirby Smart did with that front seven is all-time spectacular. Like that's crazy that he was able to assemble that. Um, so they, they have an uphill battle as far as beating Georgia, but I would say this the rest of the SEC East. It's, it's down, right? Do we really trust Tennessee? How is Kentucky? Vanderbilt, obviously, we know how that, that goes. So they, they just have to build this thing in the next two years to beat Georgia one time. And I believe that Billy Napier can, can, can figure it out and get the job done. So with Florida being in an SEC championship in two years, I'm buying that. You know what, Keith? You know – Go ahead and give me the paperwork, baby, because I'm signing too. I'm I'm buying, man. I'm gonna tell you why I'm buying. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why I'm, I'm I'm investing in this property in this real estate. I talent has never been a factor for Florida, right? right? Like, yeah, yeah. They they're always Agreed. able to recruit well. They're always able to, to 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 have talent, and one of the brightest potential stars on their team right now is redshirt sophomore Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Big, athletic good arm strength and arm talent can make a lot of different throws from different angles. And, and, and like I said, he's an athlete. He gives you something in the run game and the RPO and read option game. They have, you know, good running backs as we see, as we saw in, in mobile yeah. with Damian Pierce, it was just more so a coaching issue, right? They didn't you, everybody's, everybody's watching him perform the way he performed in mobile. And then people are looking like what was going on at Florida? Like they did we not get as many like, and we had to ask him, like, man, why why didn't he give you the football? Like, it, it, it was almost <laughs> perplexing, right? You were trying to figure it out, like, why didn't you get the football? <laughs> exactly. So, like, they have a good offensive line. Then you look, especially for this year. I think this is this year, granted, you know, first time with the coach, but I really like their chances this year to potentially knock off Georgia. And I'm going to tell you why. Defensively, you're bringing back Britton, Cotton, Britton Cox Jr., uh, redshirt senior at, at the, uh, the Buck linebacker defensive end spot. You know, you have uh, your your basically the the quarterback of your of your second level, Ventro Miller at linebacker. They they have pieces in the secondary that are young but talented to grow. I, I and then offensively, like I said, I like I, I like the the young kid uh, Naquan Wright. Uh, red shirt junior at the running back position, kind of do it all, change of pace type of guy. He's a, kind of a jitterbug, and they have some good pieces on the offensive line as well. They're going to be replacing uh, Stuart Reese, who is a uh, uh, a guard. He's a transfer from uh, I think it was Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken. And then you had John D. Lance, uh, yeah, John D. Lance, who was at the Shrine Bowl, uh, who's also in this draft. So those are two spots they had. They're going to have to develop this this off season. But Keith. I, be, I believe in Billy Napier, his resume, what he's been able to do. And then you put a good coach with good talent. With good talent, you can get – you can have good results, man. So I'm buying in. I really believe that they have – especially this year, I think they have a chance to kind of – because at the end of the day, Georgia is – they're the national t- champions, right? 
They lost a lot of yep. talent defensively, especially in their front seven. They lost all three linebackers. You know, you 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 lose. I think Adam Anderson, who had the whole kind of sexual assault case going on. I think supposedly I read that he was supposed to be in there in the draft. I didn't really keep up with him after that whole thing because I'm just like I, I'm not going to touch it. But you have, um, you know, you know, you you lose all three linebackers. You lose Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Lewis Seen. The, the Darian Kendrick, it's like that's a lot yeah. of talent from a great, like a, a legit elite defense. How you know, great it's the SEC and, and it's Georgia, but can those like we talked about young kids step up and, and, and replace those type of players in their first experience in a full season? Hey, if any, if there's any chance for Florida to knock off Georgia and take that conference or take that division and get to the SEC. I think it's this year, Keith. No, I agree. And you, you forgot that they uh, still have Stetson Bennett at quarterback too. So I didn't want. I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. You know, make Georgia fans any more down on the situation. Hey. I was like, you know, I'm not going to bring Stetson up. But yes, you still have the mailman Stetson Bennett at quarterback, and it's like, yeah, you know, hey, you lost one. Of your, you lost your top receiver because of it. So again, another loss, right? You, Hey, listen, man. Yep. And you lost what two running backs too? You lost uh Zamir White and James Cook. This is hey, Bill Napier, mount up, baby. This, Let's go. This. Let's get that Gator Chomp going, man. I'm buying something this <laughs> in Gator Land, baby. Okay, okay, okay. So you look, we we just spent some time in the SEC. We went back to back SEC schools, right? But we uh we gotta show our West Coast listeners some love. So we picked this school because you know, it, it like I said, it had a little bit of controversy around it, and they were primed to do really good things. So um, next school we're going to talk about is Arizona State. And the reason I picked this school is like because, like I said, they had Herm Edwards there. Um, he was doing some really good things in recruiting. They were bringing in really good talent. Um, they were beating USC for some some California kids, and they, they were in prime position to um, kind of take over the, the Pac-12 South. And you know, really dominate. They 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 were doing really good, and obviously they had some recruiting violations and things kind of went haywire. But I would say some of that talent is still there. And then I want to, you know, with those type of programs, you always wonder, can they rally the troops? Right? Can Herm Edwards pull something out of the bag to where it's like, you know what? Um, I can pull something from an old NFL locker room and get these young kids inspired and get them going um, to wanting to play hard. And then like we talked about the Pac-12. That conference is up for grabs every single year, right? Every single year, you have no idea who's coming out of there. Utah might be the most consistent team of the past 10 years, but it's not necessarily a dominant team. They're just the most consistent as far as how they approach football games. So, you know, I I looked at Arizona State in whole, and as much as I wanted to buy – I couldn't, man. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I got to sell on them being in a conference championship in the next two years just because, man, it's, it's, it's tough to rebound what they're trying to rebound from. Like I said, I, I want to have that faith how we had in Mel we trust. I kind of wanted to have in, in Herm we trust. But and that's, that's a lot to overcome. Um, you know, we're talking about some young kids. And like I said, the Pac-12 is up for grabs every year. They lost a good bit of their coaching staff. So it was, it was definitely difficult for me to, to, to buy on this. Yeah, I, I love her, man. Love coach, you know. Uh, one of the famous sayings, don't press in. 
Do not press, press it, man. In. You know, and, and I love her, but I definitely am not buying either. Just because it's a lot of turnover in the coaching staff, you, you know, you lose, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels in the way, and for the reason which we talked about. Hey, if you haven't checked it out, check the archives. Last episode we talked about that, um, and, and what he, the reason why he left, and in the hole he left that quarterback. I know that there's talks, there's uh, there's talks that maybe JT Daniels looks at them as a potential spot to transfer to, um, at, at some point this offseason. That was the talks, but right now is a lot of young talent, you know, replacing Rashad White. Um, his backup, I cannot remember the young man's name, but he's actually he transferred to Ohio State to play to, to go from running back to linebacker, which is crazy. Oh, so wow. you lose your top two. Uh, yeah, I really can't pronounce his name, but you 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 lose your top two runners, one to the NFL, one to a Big Ten team to play the opposite side of the football. So you know you got to get a new you know Daniel Gata and running back. You got Jalen uh, Jalen Conyers at tight end, Ricky Purcell or Purcell at receiver, along with Elijah ba- uh, Elijah Badger and Brian Thompson. Um, you know, and, and I'm just you know kind of going over some of the young talent they have, but it's just a lot. It's a lot to overcome, and especially for young kids who are kind of just really getting their feet wet in college football. Um, just this 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 spring is just really for them to get that camaraderie, that chemistry down pack heading into this season. But I'm, I'm worried if, if Herm will be given enough time, you know what I mean? After everything has gone on to continue with his, his, uh, his tenure there. I don't know. You know, uh, so I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm selling, man. You know, I got to sell Arizona state. Uh, and then at the same time, it's a court. The question at quarterback, you know, you lose Jaden days. Yeah. We don't really know who's going to be that guy. And, and he can, he come in into a locker room, which we saw the video when Jaden Daniel, when the players was in his lot in the locker room and they were kind of like, it seemed like they were happy. He was gone almost. And, yeah, you know, yeah. It was, it was weird. It was really yeah, very it different. So it's like, you know, can this quarterback come in and I guess be the leader and the, the leader for this team that they view they didn't have in Jaden? So it's it's just too many questions, too many ifs and too many ums and what's this and what's that. Like, nope, you know what? I gotta sell. Yeah, now I'm with you. So we 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 both selling on that one. All right, so here comes up our our fifth team. That's our last team, right? We 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 did the SEC, we did the Pac-12, we did the Big Ten. Now we got to take it to the Big 12, right? And and this team traditionally this wouldn't even be a question um because of, you know, how they are, how they approach the game and just their dominance in the past over this conference. So we're going to talk about the Oklahoma Sooners. And if we're buying or selling that they'll be in a conference championship game um in 2 years or less, right? So they have 2 years to make it there. Man, this one's tough. This one's tough is because everything about this hiring was a change of philosophy, right? They they go from the offensive mind and Lincoln Riley to the defensive mind and Brent Venables. Um, and we we all know Brent Venables has turned out some really good defenses, um, good defensive lines, good defensive uh, schemes. And he, I'm, I'm I want to know what's his approach, right? Like, is he gonna just try to make it just a little bit better and then we're still going to stay as an offensive team? Or is he going to try to turn this thing around and finally have some defense play in the Big 12? So that's that's 
kind of where I'm, you know, going back and forth with this. But I, I look at the positives, right? Positives, right? They still have offensive weapons. Like we said, this is the Big 12, so everything is wide open as far as offensively. And it's just a matter of them getting a quarterback in there that can throw the football. And you know they'll be at least competitive in every game. Like, like it seems like every year is all like it's it's a big cluster of teams that's competitive because they can score 35 points in the Big 12, right? And it, it is always a race between TCU, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, those right. teams like that, and Iowa State, you know, and they always just battle back and forth. But I'm going to say this. I, I think Oklahoma may take a step down a little bit just trying to reinvent themselves. I think last year was the beginning of a decline, and that may be why they went with Brent Venables to reinvent themselves. But we all know whenever you're reinventing yourself um, – it, it takes some time to get where you want to go. So just with the Oklahoma program, I'm going to actually sell on this. I'm going to sell on this because I think some of those other programs may stay consistent in Oklahoma. Like I said, they're going to have to reinvent themselves, find quarterback play. Lincoln Riley won't be there to be the quarterback guru. Um, and they've lost some other key um, offensive guys. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell on this and expect Oklahoma to take a couple of years to get back to it. Keith, this is where we part ways, man. <laughs> I am rocking with Brent Vanderbilt. I'm gonna tell you why, man. I'm buying. I'm buying Oklahoma, and it, it was for some for for a lot of the the turnover with with the whole Lincoln Riley just kind of you know for us that are not in the all in the building, just right. jumping ship and going to USC, which we saw his seventeen million dollar home. In LA, that has seven fireplaces. In LA, we kind of understand part of the reason why he went to, to LA. LA. So we kind of <laughs> understand how they kind of you know where that thought process kind of came from for him. But um, you know, looking at you know they, they lost they did lose some 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 recruits, man, and, and guys that went over. You know, Caleb. Uh, went over with him and, and, and um, I think Mario Williams, the, the young freshman receiver, he went as well. But I'm going to tell you one thing that I, I really was happy to see was Marvin Mims and Theo Weiss, those those veterans in the receiver room staying put and, and not jumping ship. I do, and, and you know, they have Eric Gray, who's an elusive, uh, you know, between yeah. tackles and outside runner, especially in the inside zone game. Dylan Gabriel is a lefty gunslinger from UCF who can throw the rock. He can spread, he'll spread the ball around. He, there's not a window that he does not believe he can fit the ball through. So I think that he's going to keep them afloat for this year. He's a redshirt junior. And to be honest with you at the same time, he does have what the two year eligibility redshirt junior redshirt senior. If he wanted to stay one more year and continue with this program. So he gives them a potential. He still kind of sticks with that two year window. If not, they have the freshman Nick Evers who will step in most more than likely in 2023. But I like the team offensive line is solid. They are, uh, they should be starting a, a new left guard after losing Marquise Hayes. And uh, I think a new left tackle as well, but you know, defensively they have some guys, they have a, a transfer from, from uh, North Carolina, Trey Morrison, kind of, he kind of, I talked about him in the off season or in before in the preseason, he reminded me a little bit of um, uh, Honey Badger a little bit, you know, just kind of undersized, not that same type of flip. Okay, we, we got to talk about this. I got to watch him. 
he, he gives me uh, kind of those type of vibes. Uh, smaller, okay, okay. kind of versatile right. DB. He can play the nickel. He's played some outside. You'll see him lined up. You know, for North Carolina, you see him lined up kind of in the overhang, and then he plays safety. They have him listed right now on, on the unofficial depth chart as a free safety. So I'm excited. He let me know. He's like, man, I'm transferring. He let me know before anybody else really knew. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, you know, just let me know what's up. So they got DJ Graham at corner. Defensively, I think Brett, Brett Venable is going to be able to do some things with these with these kids and have them much more prepared. And, and just in, in the Big 12, you know, it, it's going to be competitive, mainly between Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and then Texas. Texas is the one that is going to rise, in our opinion, right? We've all, we, we love what they've yeah. done this offseason. But I still think Oklahoma – is going to be there. I think Oklahoma is going to knock out, knock off Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, in the in in the in-state uh, rivalry, man. I'm I'm making Oklahoma. I think Brent Venables, Dylan Gabriel, and the and the veterans they still have on that roster will, because like I said, to overcome with a bunch of young guys is difficult, but to overcome with guys that say, you know what, we're going to put ten toes down, we're going to stay home, and we're going to get, we're going to make it happen and get it done. I'm trusting that, man. I, I love I love to see those veterans stay home. Okay, we we might have to get a little bet going there. I mean, it'll be a you know a year or two before it pay off. So, but we definitely have to get a bet going because <laughs> I, I, I didn't let's even mention <laughs> I didn't even mention Texas and Bell and just where they are, you know, as programs too. Mm-hmm. So that thing is going to be tough. And then just how the Big Twelve is structured as far as everybody plays everybody. So you don't you don't get to skip an opponent. Um, so if, if you know if a team rises you know to the occasion they start to elevate themselves you still have to play them right like you can't say like how it is in the sec in the big 10 well hey at least they're not in our division you know right you you have to play them so man i, I think it's gonna be uh it's, it's gonna be really interesting I, I thought this was pretty good man going over these these programs and you know we got a couple more weeks to go with spring practice so i'm excited yeah, it's our time to shine baby it's our time oh to shine. yeah it, it, it's time it's time for the takeover baby so i'm all ready for it you know we talked you know talked about all different conferences and talked a little bit of real estate with the buy and sell and everything so it was a lot of fun but guys as always we thank you so much for the support the love the reviews um so much just you know attention to this podcast continue to grow continue to support us uh go on apple podcast spotify like subscribe share tell a friend tell a friend to tell a friend that you know about the great college football podcast as we have so much more content coming down the line but as always i'm damian parson that's keith sanchez this is the talent factor podcast and remember talent is always the factor thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.